All right, welcome to another episode of Gin and Truth. I'm the captain of this ship, Robert motherfucking Reed. I got a tumble full of Hendrix, a mindful of thoughts. Let's go. Gang, let's jump into this shit. We got ourselves a little double header Saturday. It's been a while since I've cranked out two in one day, but uh, yeah, I told you the first one was just sitting on some bullshit, as all videos on apologists are just sitting on some bullshit. But one, I was telling them to do another one, and two, I couldn't pass this one up, gang. And it's fuckface Ray Comfort. We're gonna bleed on this one, and again, the fuckface has got how many millions of followers his Living Waters channel, right? And again, it's easy to sit here and say that I'm punching down, but he's getting paid like a motherfucker to sit here and sound moronically stupid. Other apologists quote Ray Comfort as an authority. That's what I mean. He's another one of these fuck faces that we can't sleep on. Ray Comfort's a liar. Ray Comfort is an absolute positive liar and no hyperbole. When I tell you guys, I don't think I've ever seen another apologist get checked real time as constantly as Ray Comfort. And he's never once changed his script, be it the definition of atheism, evolution. I've seen him get checked and I've seen him stutter as a result of that check acknowledging the fact that his monkey ass got checked never once well has he changed his script like the first one that comes to mind let's just a little bit there we go is his debate no and before we get started on that he loves to jerk off to the ever-growing list of atheists that refuse to debate him now i just had wings uncle bobby goes fuck yourself that's disgusting back on topic he likes to parade that out there like he's some intellectual juggernaut up in this bitch. They're afraid. He even said that about Richard Dawkins. He's afraid of me. He's not afraid of you. He doesn't, he doesn't want to waste his time. I'm not going to sit here and, and have a martial arts debate with someone who's never doesn't even know how to tie a belt around their own waist. I'm a fucking expert. I'm a seventh-degree black belt, and I'm not going to sit here and debate effective nature of a certain technique with someone who's never stepped foot in a dojo so you can go fuck yourself regardless of what you think personally about richard dawkins i, I know he's taken some heat here recently about being transphobic the man is an evolutionary biologist right why would he sit here and talk debate a man who actually thinks that a peeled banana disproves evolution. You can go fuck yourself. He loves to sit here and talk about how all these people are afraid to debate them. They just don't want to waste their time. You are beneath them, right? You are absolutely beneath them. But in terms of being checked, I remember he was talking to Aaron Raw about evolution. And at the time, I don't think Aaron had gotten his degree because I think he's got a degree in the topic now. He's written books on the topic. But I'm trying to remember how it got there. Oh, it, Ray Comfort, right? He was like, I'm not a monkey. Blah, 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 blah. And Arnold was like, you are a monkey. 
All right. Do you believe that you came from a monkey? I don't believe I came from a monkey. I know I'm a monkey. I can prove that I am a monkey. But he just, Ray just, you know, went nuts and and then, but it, and again, he, he acted like a fucking kid. I'm a pig. I'm a pig. But because Arn was talking about classifications, like there's a reason why we fit the definition of monkey, of ape. There, here, here are the reasons. And he was like, I'm a, I'm a pig. I'm a pig. I'm a pig. And Arn's like, you don't have those. And go, go, go listen to that debate, gang. I bullshit you not. This is exactly what Ray said. Well, you don't have hooves. And it, it, oh, and he's like, well, I said you don't have hooves. Excuse me. He heard what he said. He acknowledged that little home. Excuse me. And then later he talked about how he couldn't hear Arn. He heard Arn. He heard him. He knew he got his monkey ass called the fuck out. He got checked. Didn't change anything. Did not change anything. Another one was with Arn. And this, I'm starting to figure out, starting to figure out why Arn won't debate him again. The him, it's where we got the crocodile. Oh yeah. Podcasters you can't see. But just so you guys know, yeah, the, what's in this big ass tumbler? Let's just say it's not soda. Oh, it's gonna be one of those days. Please go fuck yourself. It's when he debated Brian and Kelly from the rationality squad. And the beginning of the debate was, it's, it's the debate that gave us the term crocoduck. And Ray got up in his opening monologue talking about how he can prove God 100% scientifically and I don't need to use the Bible. And Aaron called him out. He was like, you said that you could prove the existence of the Christian God and not use the Bible. Go back and look at that debate. That's all Ray Comfort did was lean on the Bible. And when he got checked real time, well, again, call yourself an apologist and gang, you can get away with the most fucked up shit. If I had a kid and I was like, fuck face, did you eat those goddamn cookies? And if my kid said, well, I beat the shit. I was like, get your monkey hat. Go get that belt. Go in there and get that fucking belt. Apparently, you need a lesson. If your kids talk to you like that, there would be consequences, right? Did you sneak out of the... Why is there less liquor in the cabinet? There's me, your mama, and there's a 13-year-old. Now, your mama doesn't drink. I know how much I drink. Why do I have less liquor in my bottle? Excuse me? Go get that belt. Go get that fucking belt. That, and I, remember, I think it was the first debate with Matt Dillahunty, where at the end of the debate, and he had to come back and kind of eat a little crow, and he explained it because he actually ended up debating Ray a second time. But at the end of his first debate with Ray, his one of his closing comments was, I've learned I'll never debate Ray Comfort again. Because Matt actually put in the work to, to, you know, sit across from someone and have an actual debate. And, and Ray makes no secret. I just want to spread the gospel. Well, the t debate topic is X, Y, and Z. How many lies have you told in your entire life? Ray Comfort is a fucking liar. Now, that's what we see. 
but his little termite crew and all the other apologists think he does a bang up job. Now, gang, let's go ahead and hit it with the Autobots transform. Then roll out. What do you guys see? Okay. I recognize her face. That's why I chose this video. She's been on um, Red Pen Logic before. I can't stand that motherfucker. Oh, man. Oh, oh. He, uh, he could go fuck himself. But he likes to break down her videos. And here's the thing, gang. Her videos are 100% logical. And I know they won't buy it, but she's a former Christian. And I apologize. I don't think I ever caught her name. That's because I am an asshole. But gang, before we blow up, Shuate, his Living Waters channel, 1.36 million fucking followers, Jack. I cannot get monetization from YouTube because I say the word fuck. They literally called my language incendiary. Ray Comfort has zero problems telling you that you're going to burn in hell forever, that you fucking deserve it. You two can't cut this fuck face a big enough check, but my language is incendiary. And as usual, gang, almost 5,000 people have liked this video. Not a single person has yet to hit the thumbs down. So sing it with me, gang. Down. Down, down, down. Oh, we're totally disliking this bullshit. So let's go on over here. Let's hit it with the blow up, Shuey. I hope the, uh, hold on, you know, let's close this a little bit. I know she responded to a Ray Comfort video. Uh, I never got her name. All right, that's because I am a fucking asshole. So, Irish, someone said Irish girl. Is that her handle? But, I mean, while we're sitting here, gang, this is what I'm saying. You can't sleep on these fuck faces. I enjoy, this comment is from 10 days ago, by the way. I enjoy and continue to learn much from you, Ray. Going out daily to witness, then getting lessons from you has produced fruit. People actually like to hear Ray Comfort speak English words out of his mouth, gang. We got one fuckface down here saying, amen, brother. Okay. I did not catch her name, so we will just simply call her Princess Diane. You know what? No. Uh, Jen Walters. You know who Jen Walters is? The Incredible Hulk. The She-Hulk. Okay, you guys ready? This one's going to hurt. Let's roll the tape. Baptist Church and I was a Christian until my early 20s when I deconstructed everything I knew about my faith and about my reality and I set off on a journey to find truth. She's selling merchandise from what she says are comments left on her YouTube channel. Uh These are probably comments left by trolling atheists. I've had to put up with that for years. Again, pause the tape. Go fuck yourself. No, those are comments left by loving Christians. Evil, wicked, child of the devil, witch. That is exactly what a Christian would say. Please go fuck yourself. Because again, that's mild. Evil, wicked, child of the devil, witch is mild compared to you loving Christians telling everyone that does not agree with you that you're going to get hurt after you die. Roll the tape. 
Jones. Whatever the case, I wouldn't call her a witch. She's just a lost victim of the modern gospel, a false convert who never knew the Lord. So I'm going to do my best to try and answer her. Again, positive. Go fuck yourselves, you arrogant bastards. Again, Christians, the one thing that you've never thought of, there's a lot of things you've never thought of, that did you ever really stop to think that maybe, just maybe, we have read and understood the gospel message. We just don't agree with it. We just don't believe it. She's not a witch. She's just a lost soul. You condescending bastard. I'm about to, that is Belch. Hashtag unprofessional. Roll the tape. Arguments. And I hope she listens. It is now been 13 plus years later. I have not found the ultimate truth, but I think that's the point. I think the point is to get to a point where you become comfortable just saying, I don't know. I don't know what's beyond Beautiful. This. I don't know who Beautiful. Is. Beautiful. I don't know what my purpose She's is. She's being honest. The Bible tells us that a Christian is someone who knows the Lord. So here's a question for you. When you profess to be a Christian, did you know the Lord? That question puts you pause the tape. I absolutely knew the Lord. I was told to know the Lord. I worked to know the Lord 39 years. And despite what arrogant people like Ray will say, I believed what I was taught was true. Then I realized this is sitting on some bullshit. Right. To sit here and say that, you know, I was never a Christian, that Jen Walters was never a Christian, that we faked it. It's an insult. That's like saying I was not in love with my ex-wife simply because we're divorced now. No, I don't love her now. We aren't friends now, but I was totally in love with her. That love has gone away. Right? Again, just because I am divorced does not mean I did not once love that woman. I did. I used to be a Christian. I used to know the Lord. Now I realize snakes don't talk. Virgins don't get pregnant. So I grew the fuck up, right? Again, you arrogant pricks, you, you don't stop to think that maybe, just maybe, we did read your gospel message. We understood your gospel message. Then we asked you to prove it. Then you told us about pizzas taking a nap. So we said, done. I'm not going to waste my time. This just roll the tape. You into a dilemma because if you say that you knew him, you're saying that Jesus is real and your whole premise falls apart. So you'll more than likely say, I thought I knew the Lord. And then you'll add, I really sincerely believed. And that's one sign of a false conversion, according to the parable of the sower. They believe for a season. So clearly, you faked it for all those years and you fell away in time. And your falling away almost certainly traces itself back to the fact that you never saw your sin in its true light. And so you ended up with a morally high view of yourself. Again, pause the tape. No, yeah, a morally high view of yourself. In other words, you had self-esteem. I don't think I'm worth torment. Yeah, I've lied. I've done all the shit that you've accused me of doing, but I've also done the exact opposite. And again, out here in reality world, we weigh your good against your bad, and then we make the actual decision of what we think your character is. That's how we do things out here in the real world. Right. And again, just to remain consistent with his doo doo ass uh, monologue there, I remember someone asking him, Ray, have you ever wet the bed before? I was like, well, yeah. So what does that make you? That makes you a bedwetter. You know what Ray Comfort said? Yeah, you're right. I'm a bedwetter. I don't believe, again, you guys sound like 
bullshit when you sit here and try to remain consistent with this bullshit. Gang, I have not pissed on myself and I cannot tell you. I didn't even piss on myself when my kidneys were failing. I was a child in the single digits. We were probably still in the Park Village house the last time I pissed on myself. I'm 50 now. I'm not a bedwetter because I did it when I was an infant and a toddler. You're not a liar simply because you've told a lie. Now, again, we weigh your good against your bad. And when we find you generally dishonest, yeah, we'll probably call you a fucking liar. But again, we're, we're talking about Ray Comfort here. So roll the tape. And a very low moral view of God, as we'll see by your words. So today I want to talk about five Bible verses that sparked my deconstruction and caused me to inevitably lose my faith. There are a lot of unsavory things in the Bible, but these specifically are verses that I felt I could not justify. I could not find a good reason that they would be in the Bible, that they would be a part of God's divine inspired word. So the first passage She's I want to talk honest. about is from Romans 9, which was the starting point of my deconstruction. Which one? Up until the point that I read and studied and chewed on the words in Romans 9, I believed in a God who created all people, gave them free will, and that he wanted all people to be saved, but he couldn't violate their free will to save them. Pause the tape. I'm trying to remember exactly which part of Romans 9 she's talking about, but like I already told y'all, for the one billionth time, there is no free will underneath the God model. There's no free will. Again, if God knows everything you're going to say, do, and think before you say, do, and think it, because God has a perfect and unchanging plan, that nukes the free will argument right there. Well, he doesn't want to violate our free will. It gives us the option to love him or to reject him. Someone go ask Pharaoh about that. Go ask Pharaoh about this whole bullshit, right? Pharaoh wanted to cut God's people loose. You remember what God did? He said, fuck that. I'm going to step on your spine. I'm going to make you do what I want you to do so I can continue to punish you. He had no problems violating. God, the Tower of Babel, the entire Bible is littered with God violating free will. Again, this is why I don't debate. Roll the tape. And that it was the most loving thing he could do to give people freedom. And within that freedom, they could either choose him and go to heaven or they could reject him and go to hell. And that would be entirely their choice. Starting in verse 16, it does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. Meaning there is nothing about you that can come to God and choose. God has to choose you. It says in verse 18, therefore God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy and he hardens whom he wants to harden. Exactly. You know, talk about you have a hardened heart against God. Yeah. The Bible says that God's the one that hardened it. Exactly. Her argument is that none of us have a free will. That Romans 9 says that God hardens our hearts. Mm -hmm. We have no choice. So how does the Christian reconcile human free will with the sovereignty of God. Think of Lazarus being raised from the dead. He'd been dead for four days, so dead that he stunk. Until Jesus right. made him alive, it was impossible for him to respond. He had no free will. This is because he was dead. 
was only after Jesus made him alive that his free will came into play. He then responded to his voice. That was the exercising of his free will. And like Lazarus, you and I... What kind of fucked up ass analogy is that? He didn't have any free will because he was dead. Uh, exactly. This to me sits in the same envelope as when, you know, the free will argument comes up and again, fuck face Frank Turk. I hate it when he says it the most. Right? It's the giant because it's his favorite football team. Right. I uh, remember when he did it to uh, Silverman, who apparently is a Patriots fan. If the Giants play the Patriots and we we, we, we know how that's going to end up. Right. Is that reasonable? And you can't be there to watch the game and you take the game. Did you rob the football players of their free will? What the that makes no sense to me. That literally makes no sense to me. Lazarus had no free will on the account that he was dead. Again, brilliant discovery there, Copernicus. How long did it take you to bump into that fucking intellectual landmine? It just—it uh, doesn't make any sense to me. Roll the tape. I are dead in our trespasses and sins. We are so dead we stink. Even our righteous deeds are as filthy rags in the sight of God. Again, pause the tape. Who, who's, who says that about themselves? More importantly, who says that about their kids? We're filthy. Ray Comfort, I promise you, as odious as Ray Comfort is, he did not raise his kids like he did not tell his kids, you ain't shit. And if he did, he sucks as a parent. I would never do that. Call me arrogant, say, yo, you think you're more moral than God. You're goddamn right I do. Because I would have never told my kid, you ain't shit. I mean, come on, gang, just roll the tape. And like dead Lazarus, it's impossible for us to respond to his voice because we are dead in our sins. Oh, really? Therefore, it's only when we're made alive in Christ that we can hear his voice and can exercise our free will. This is stupid. That's why the scriptures say, today, if you hear his voice, well, as long don't as harden your heart. Again, like Lazarus, we're dead in trespasses and sins. We can't respond to his voice until God makes us alive. Like dead Lazarus, we have no free will until that happens. Hey, Once we're made alive hey. in Christ and can hear his voice, we can respond or harden our heart. That's why we're warned today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. But this is what Pharaoh did. He was proud and stubborn. And if you and I are proud and stubborn, God will resist. Pause. There we go. There we go. Pause the tape. Pharaoh, again, absolutely, positively, no free will in that goddamn, uh, in that scenario. Absolutely none. Right. Hey, hey, baby. Uh, man, it's all kinds of fucked up around here. I mean, look at all these goddamn frogs. What, what was that guy? What, 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 what? Oh, dude, that that is the easiest proposition ever. Let me let me get this straight. You take those motherfuckers and you'll get rid of the frogs. You can have those. Then it was like fucking the, the fucking Matrix, right? They're like, man, fuck you, God. But you think you're running shit up in this bit? Dude, stay your monkey ass in there. Fucking God can lick my ball sack. God damn, it's dark than a motherfucker. It, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Hey, baby, why is it so dark up in this bitch? What, what's that, God? What? Hold on, man. You mean you'll turn the lights back on if you take those motherfuckers? Dude, no, seriously. You can absolutely. 
Man, let me tell you, man, you can suck on these nuts, God. Jews, get your monkey ass back in that goddamn cage. What the fuck's wrong with you? You got me all kinds of fucked up. Hey, baby, let's get fucked up tonight. Fill, fill this up. Fill this up with some wine. Fill this up with What kind of... Baby, this is blood. Why did you give me blood? What's that, God? Hold on, man. Hold on. So you'll turn the water back to water and you'll stop the blood. Is that what you're... If I do what? The Jews... Dude, is that really all you want? Jews, pack your shit. Get the... Man, let me tell you something, God. You can lick all this booty hole. Man, get your ass back in the goddamn cage. You're not going anywhere, motherfucker. That's the God proposition. That's the God proposition. Every time Pharaoh wanted to cut the Jews loose, he got plugged into the fucking matrix and... This is why I don't debate. This is the dumbest topic ever. I know that I'm right. Roll the tape. Dissed us. The Bible says he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And as Romans chapter 1 warns, if we continue in sin, he may even give us over to a reprobate mind. <laughs> However, that's not his will. The Bible tells us that he's not. Roll the tape. <coughs> and that one went down the wrong hole. If a Christian sees this, you know what they're going to say? That was a warning from God. Guaranteed. Roll the tape. Not willing that any perish, but that all <coughs> come to repentance. He commands all men everywhere to repent. And scripture says, whoever believes or trusts in Jesus shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever. So you do have a free will. And if you harden your heart, God may hand you over to what you're choosing, no, really? death and hell. Word. And you don't want that to happen, where he says to you, tonight your soul is required of you. The defense, God made me do it, which she says is what scripture is saying, doesn't hold up in a court of law. Bullshit. And it certainly won't Keep hold it moving, up Ray. You are a liar. You are a liar. The second passage that really caused me to question the Bible was Psalm 137. Oh, I know probably this heard it. It's yep. a popular one that is used yep. within the deconstruction community uh, to really talk about these atrocities in the Bible. And it says this. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. Now, it is really important to understand the context of this verse. This is what's known as an imprecatory prayer. Um, it is praying evil against your enemies. It is a lamentation. It is an expression of grief. Basically, what this psalmist is writing is uh, about how they were treated so badly by their enemies. And so they want to repay them for what they've done. And this is often justified by Christians in this way. You know, well, they were just expressing themselves. They weren't actually bashing babies into rocks. They just, you know, one. <clears throat> Again, pause the tape. Here, let, go ahead. Let's say this is a metaphor. This is an analogy. That's a very common Christian bullshit tactic. I'm not joking when I tell you I know parents that 100% will punish their child for using the word fat in any context again we don't it's like donald trump up in this bitch <coughs> we would punish our kids for talking half as bad as donald trump did during his presidency you wouldn't let your kids talk like that you wouldn't and if you do you're a bad parent go fuck yourself 
okay, let's say dash the young ones against the rocks is a metaphor. It's the world's worst metaphor. You're, you're again for the party that's pro life. It's a metaphor for what? Again, I've had someone talk about how Noah's Ark, okay, it didn't really happen, Robert. It was a metaphor. For what? God drowned everyone, everyone, including babies. He drowned everyone. What is this a metaphor for? Come on, gang. Let's see what She-Hulk has to say. Roll the tape. wanted justice. They wanted revenge. But my problem with that is that this is supposed to be the inspired word of God. God is supposed to be inspiring every word of this book. And God never condemned them for praying this prayer. He never said, hey, don't, don't think that way. Don't, don't be so vengeful. Don't be so angry. Don't, don't wish for the harm of innocent babies. No, this is, this is perfectly fine in God's eyes. Killing babies is perfectly fine in God's eyes. Yeah, is she saying is. that God is for abortion? <clears throat> yeah, I don't is. think she's being honest here. She must know from Scripture that. Pause the tape. Now you're lying, Ray. You're lying. Which part of the Noahic flood story are you missing? Everyone, everyone. He didn't spare pregnant women. He drowned those bitches too. The Christian God is the world's most prolific abortion provider. The most prolific. And we're just going to sit here and continue on with <clears throat> everything goes down according to God's perfect and unchanging plan. That means he knows in advance when this person gets pregnant, that pregnancy will end in a termination. He knows that. And there's no amount of prayer that you can lobby that is going to change that outcome. God knows that person is going to get pregnant and God knows they're going to abort the pregnancy because it's a part of his plan. You, we can't argue this. Roll the tape. There are thousands of incidents in the Bible where people did and said evil things and heaven was silent. God is never complicit when it comes to evil. Rather, the opposite is happening. Every time we sin in thought, word, and deed, we are storing up wrath that's going to be revealed on the day of judgment. And those who have actually killed their babies through abortion will on that day find that he's perfectly just. And they, as sure as hell, and I say that in truth, will come under his just wrath. Pause the tape. That's a threat. There's no difference between that and wait till your father gets home. Actually, there is a difference because when your father spanked you, eventually he would stop. Hell is not a just punishment. Punishment, one, it has got to fit the offense. If your kid lies and you stab them in the thigh, you probably went a little bit too far. You break their balls. You take away some privileges. That fits the crime. A hallmark of punishment is that it has to end. It has to end. And that's just a threat. Again, just tip, tap me on the shoulder and let me know when it is. I'm supposed to feel all of this love. Roll the tape. Death on that terrible day. The third that's passage nice. that really just struck me, big red flags popped up when I read it. Um, was in Deuteronomy 22. Oh, 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 o
where, where we may have to end the tape. That there it is. That that's my trump card. Straight up. And I already know what's about to happen. So if you don't, if you're not familiar with this one, Deuteronomy 22 uh, verses 28, 27, 28, and 29, if I'm not mistaken. Here, here, here's the gist of it. If a man rapes a virgin who's not betrothed to be married, the rapist has to pay the father 50 shekels, and he is to marry her without the possibility of divorce, for that is his punishment. I don't care what you say, Christians, and this is not up for debate. And for the 100th time just in this video, you can go fuck yourselves. It's a you break it, you buy it clause. The only thing that a woman was worth back in those days, and not much has changed now, is what was between her legs. You broke it. How, 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 and again, the dad was her original pimp. I cannot get top dollar for this pussy. What, what am I supposed to do now? Huh? That was at minimum 300 shack pussy. And you, you broke it. So let's let's go ahead and put this on the discount rack. What do you say? 50 shecks? 50 shecks. Now you get to marry her. She she's your problem now. I guarantee you what Ray's going to do, he's gonna go and get because how many dozens of translations of the Bible? <clears throat> the King James Bible, not the Rick James Bible, the King James, one of the most trusted translations of the Bible, will use the word rape. Others will say to lie with, I guarantee you, in order to backpedal out of this, he's going to find the translation that says lie with her. Others will say seize. Some will say rape. Come on, let's walk, watch this. Roll the tape. To meet a virgin who is not pledged to be married and he assaults her and they are discovered. He shall pay her father 50 shekels of silver. He must marry the young woman for he has violated her. He can never divorce her as long as she lives. Now, when I read this in the earliest stages of my deconstruction journey, I was very confused. And I thought there has to be an explanation for this. There's no, no way that God commanded women to marry men who assaulted them. Yep, he did. If they just paid their father. Like, there's there's no way the Bible says this. I need to I contacted my old pastor and I asked if I could discuss some things with him because I had some questions. So we set up a, a night to have dinner. I went over to his house. I I pointed out this verse and I said, what does this mean? What, how can you justify this? That's how they took care of women back in those know, days. What it says is true at that time in the culture. Um, you know, if a man did that to a woman, she would be considered unclean and not eligible to be married. Pause the tape. I had a pastor tell me the exact same thing there, She-Hulk. That's sitting on some bullshit. And I remember when this person said it, I was like, listen to what you just said. Well, Robert, I mean, no one would want her. She would be unclean. I mean, who who would want a rape victim? I mean, you're... Christians, again, this is what you sound like. This is what you sound like. When your views are sitting on some bullshit. She would be unclean. Gang, that is the ultimate example of victim blaming. She would be unclean. This was the best thing for her. I, I got nothing. That one kind of took wind out of my cells. Roll the tape. Right. And that would ruin her life. And so 
the best thing they could do is have him pay money to her father and buy her. And then he'd have to marry her and he'd have to take care of her for the rest of her life. He would be obligated to do that. That is his punishment. And some people who are indoctrinated, mm -hmm. who are taught not to question it, will just go, oh, okay. That makes sense. Exactly. But not me. I, well, I could, good for you. I could not make good sense for you. that. Good for you. Well, let me see if I can make it make sense for you. you. This you is can. from a video called Eloquent Atheist Goes <laughs> Off on Christian. That there are specific texts, religious texts, that condone evil actions. For instance, in the Bible, it says that if you rape a woman, you're allowed to marry her. You can actually force your, your victim, you can rape them, and then force a marriage upon that person and take that person as your wife. How evil is that? Now, I'd like to answer that question, but you've got to give me one minute to answer sure. without butting in. Here's the verse that's so often cited by atheists to say that a raped woman had to marry the rapist. If a man find a damsel that is a virgin, which is not betrothed, and lay hold on her and lie with her, and they be found, then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel's father fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife. Notice the words, and they be found. Pause the tape. What the fuck did I tell you he would do? You know how I know he would do it? Because that's what they all do. They will go and find you know, whatever translation is the absolute softest that they could find. Christian, you have to answer for the one that reads rape. And I remember having this discussion with somebody once and I told her, that's what the Bible says. She said, no, it doesn't. I'm like, yes, it did. She said, no, it doesn't. So I sat her monkey ass down in front of a computer and I pulled up on Biblehub.com and I showed her and I made her read that verse. I did. Rape. It says rape. You said it. I heard you say it. You know what her response was to me? That means premarital sex. You're lying. Christians, you are lying. I told you because this is this is the only thing they can do. That text says the word rape. Period in the story. Roll the tape. Now, to bring context to this verse, three verses previous to it, it says that if a man rapes a woman, he was to be put to death. Again, pause the tape. He's lying. This is called lying through omission. He's right. There is a verse in Deuteronomy, because again, there's, I'd probably, I've, off the top of my head, let's say about six prescriptions on what to do in this situation. Now, there is one that does read, the man should be put to death. Gang, please go fuck yourself. There's one prescription for rape. There's only one prescription for rape. And if anywhere in your six prescriptions for rape is marry the rapist to her, marry the rape survivor to her rapist, your entire system sucks. He's lying through omission right now, but it's Ray Comfort. Roll the tape. But if a man find a betrothed damsel in the field and the man force her and lie with her, then the man only that lay with her shall die. Unbelievably, in the light of the previous verses saying that a rapist was to be put to death, a number of modern translations interpret lay hold on her as rape. So for those who can figure out that a dead he's man lying. can't marry the woman he raped, he's lying. The fact that the he's lying. Says if they Pause the tape. He's lying. Ray Comfort is lying. Look it up. Look it up. 
Deuteronomy verse 22, chapter 22, verses 28 and 29. Go look it up. Go read all of it. And you will see the word more than once, rape. And when it doesn't say rape, it says to seize. He's lying to this woman. He's absolutely lying to her. Roll the tape. This is some bullshit. A be found implying they were both guilty. This verse obviously refers to consensual sex. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> no, he does not. Call a shotgun wedding. They had to get married. Fourth passage that I had a really difficult time. Pause the tape, which is also immoral. <laughs> Forcing a woman to marry someone is just sitting on some bullshit. But I shouldn't be shocked because this is also the group that wants to force a woman to maintain a pregnancy that she possibly doesn't want to maintain. Arrange marriages, forcing marriage. Go fuck yourself. I just belch hashtag and professional. Ray lied. Look, he that's all he does. But late late, Ray lied his ass off right there on that whole segment about rape. Just roll the tape. That was terrible. I'm with that. I still cannot find a, a good justification for is there is Deuteronomy 20 10 through 18. Oh, I know this one. When you march up to attack a city, make its people an offer of peace. Mm -hmm. they accept and open their gates. All the people in it shall be subject to forced labor and shall go. work for you. If they refuse to make peace and they engage you in battle, lay siege to the city. When the Lord your God delivers it into your hand, put to sword all the men in it. As for the women, the children, the livestock, and everything else in the city, you may take these as plunder for yourselves. And you may use the plunder your Lord, the Lord your God gives you from your enemies. Pause the tape. It goes a little, so it's, it, that, that right there, what about apologetics? The Crusades. That She pretty much just described the Crusades. This is how the Crusades went. Uncle Bobby translation. Hey, yeah, uh, we're the Crusaders, and we got a proposition for you. So you can unask all this. You, you can. And convert to Christianity. Or we're going to fuck you all the way up. We're going to fuck everyone. Not, not a single last one of you will be left standing. And we're going to unask all this. this. This is ours. So let, let review, review for fairness. You can give us all your land and convert to Christianity, or you can try and fight us, and we're going to fuck you all the way up. Either way, we're going to snatch your dirt. Which which one would you like? That's what that's what she just described. That's how the Crusaders got down, and they did all of this under the Christian God's command. By the way, come on, roll the tape. If you don't trust the Lord with all your heart, you're going to be offended by the fact. That God did this, and you won't believe as the positive. There goes that loaded language. You'll be offended. Okay, fine. Let's roll with it. I'm offended. I'm offended that I'm being told I need to kneel before Zod. Except this time, Zod is way worse than the comic book character. I need to kneel before someone who thinks that gay people should be put to death, that rape survivors should be forced to marry their victims. That I should kneel and trust someone who apparently the only way to solve a problem that he created was to murder his own son. By the way, his son is himself. And together they make a ghost. But that's, yeah, that's actually apparently not true. That's, he's not his dad. That's not his son. And to get shut Christians, you just sound really stupid sometimes. 
roll the tape. I just, the psalmist says that all of his judgments are righteous and true altogether. You'll be offended by the fact that the scriptures warn all liars will have their part in the lake of fire, or that God killed a husband and wife in the book of Acts. Pause the tape. Ray, do you really want to stick to that? That all liars will partake in their infight. Have you read the bullshit that you author? Do you watch your videos? Ray, all you do is lie. Roll the tape. Acts, because they told one lie. Or that God killed Uzzah because he reached out his hand to steady the ark. He forgot that God is holy. Or in no Genesis word. 38, he killed a man because he didn't like what he did sexually. And you'll be offended by the fact that God killed the whole human race, every man, woman, and child in the Noahic flood, except for eight people. Pause the tape. You're, you're done, son. You're done. That's exactly what I just said about 10, 15 minutes ago. You'll be offended that God killed every man, woman, and child. But then your monkey ass said, well, God doesn't support abortion. You just said that he did. One million people subscribe to Ray's channel. There are thousands of comments supporting the bullshit that leaves his mouth. Come on, gang. We're, I'm, I'm working hard to get to the end of this, but I don't know how much more I can take. Roll the tape. And you'll be super offended by the fact that God has proclaimed the death sentence on every human being because of sin. Word. The wages or the payment for sin is death. And you'll be offended by the fact that after death, the judgment, when you stand before a holy God, having a multitude of sins as we all have, that's unless you're trusting in Jesus. And the last verse that I want to bring up that I think was very, very crucial in my deconstruction was probably the most famous verse in the Bible. And that's John 3, 16. Hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave up his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. Right. Most people point to this and they say, how could you find fault in that? Quite easily. How could you have a problem with that? Look at the love. I don't think he was loving the women that he was forcing into marriage with men that assaulted them. I'm not seeing the, the love God has for the world. It's really not that much of a gift. It's not that much of a display of love when it was never necessary to begin with. Exactly. There's a good reason exactly. the cross makes exactly. no sense to her. This is that reason. Why? Let's say you're a doctor. In front of you is a gentleman who looks incredibly healthy. He goes to the gym every day. Okay. But you know he's going to die in two weeks. You've got x-rays that show poison seeping through a system. You've got a cure in your pocket. Do you give them the cure or show them the x-rays? For me personally, I'd probably just give them the cure because I'm a doctor and I could. You know what's going to happen? He's going to say, I don't want your silly cure. I'm Bullshit. He, he, again, Ray Comfort, go fuck yourself. If I'm the doctor, I do both, as I'm sure most of you would. You got two weeks to live. He didn't say two minutes. He said you got two weeks to live. All right, sit down there, John. Yeah, man, let me tell you something. You work out. I can't explain this. I just know you've got gobbledygook disease. Now, gobbledygook disease is lethal. John, I can't tell. Oh, go fuck yourself. I don't have to make anything up. I don't even have to make this up. I actually have chronic kidney disease. Now, again, I am a freak. Schnick, schnick. I am Wolverine up in this bitch. My body refuses to die. It's the world's most annoying fucking talent. 
My body refuses to let my CKD go past stage one. I drink a lot. I eat five trillion grams of protein a week. Everything about me says my CKD should have just crushed me by now. My body refuses. And they told me, we, we have no idea why. You, you are in tip-top shape. Oh, and my blood pressure for a very long time apparently was averaging about 150 over 120. Did I say that right? Yeah. They said, you should have had a stroke by now. We, we can't explain this. So they put me on medication and they treated it in the blase and the glavenoids. He's like, yeah, we, we can't explain why you've got this disease. But let's treat it so you can live to see tomorrow. Right again, but in typical Christian apologetic fashion, they're going to create a scenario that's completely not true and then paint this as this is how we atheists are. He's got poison in his body. Would you show him the x-rays or give him the cure? Well, if you got two weeks, you do both. You do both. You explain to the best of your ability, this is what's going on. Then you say, this is how we're going to treat it. Call me crazy. Who's who's in front of my gang? That is not a goddamn dog. Goddamn. She's got a Shetland pony up in this bitch. Tell you what, let's do this. Roll the tape. Healthy, I'm well. Will you give me a cure for I'm not sick. If he thinks he's well, he's gonna reject the cure. If a doctor knows what he's doing, he'll show him the x-rays, make him sweat a little, make him a little scared to a point where he says, Well, doc. No, pause the tape. Then you're doing it wrong. You don't do it to make them sweat. You don't do it to scare them. You do it to inform them. More importantly, again, I've said this before. Mr. Reed, just so you know, your daughter's got XYZ disorder. It's not curable, but very manageable. She has to take this pill every single morning for the rest of her life. Mr. Reed, are you unclear? Let me get this straight, Doc. My daughter's got XYZ disease. There is no cure, but she has to have this pill once a day. Is that what you're telling me? Mr. Reed, you nailed it. Thanks a lot. I told you, every single morning. I doubt I'd even let my daughter leave my house ever. She's fucking 45 years old. I'm like, hey, baby, it's time to take your pill. I would sit every single morning in front of her bedroom. First thing she would see would be her dad. Like, hey, babe, here, here's, here's your pill. And I got you your favorite. You like cranberry juice. Go on and drink that. Every single morning, gang, that's what the fuck it is I would do. Because I would be a loving father. What I wouldn't do was send my daughter these incredibly cryptic-ass messages. Make her beg me. And even if I thought about kind of slightly giving it to her, still telling her, you ain't shit. You ain't shit. How do you? No, no, fuck it. Go find it. Go find it. Go find it. I'm not giving you your fucking pill. You don't fucking deserve it. You're filthy to me. You deserve to fucking die. Now, I just threw your fucking pill in the yard. That thing is smaller than a bare aspirin. And our yard is full of grass. Go find it. Go search for it. And I hope you choke while you do it. And by the way, after you find it, that's if you find it, you come in this house and you get on your knees and you thank me for throwing your pill in the grass. That's the Christian God. That's how Christian God gives us our medicine. Come on, gang, roll the tape. Let's wrap this up. I'm dying. 
what should I do? Nary's ready for the cure. Nary's going to appreciate it and appropriate it. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. And that's why the cross makes no sense. If she's not aware of the disease, why then does she need a cure? Why is he taping the tape? I think I've had my feel. Get this fuck face off my screen. I've listened to Ray Comfort lie about this woman's honesty. But just, just listen to what he just said, gang. You want to scare the patient. No, you don't. You want to inform the patient. And unless the doctor is unethical as shit, he didn't give the patient the damn disease. Under the God model, God did make the patient sick. Dang, Uncle Bobby's only giving you one big motherfucking problem. So as a result, Uncle Bobby's going to give you one big motherfucking solution. Lying ass Ray Comfort. Shut the fuck up. You lie. You lie. I mean, again, all Christian apologists lie. You have to. You can't defend this crap. And all you can do is sit there and make doo-doo ass excuses for shit that you know is wrong. You know this is sitting on some bullshit. Snakes don't talk. Donkeys don't talk. Virgins don't get pregnant. Entire body of sea, sea entire bodies of water don't just split in half. So 10,000 people can just walk through. She-Hulk sat there and read those verses. And there was nothing wrong with their translation. And the only way to cover up for what it is that She-Hulk read out is to lie. Either lie blatantly or you lie through omission. But that last one, gang, just really chapped my fucking hide. Someone's body was poisoning them. They had two weeks to live. Would you show them the x-ray or would you give them the medication? And if they got two weeks, you do both. And you do it to inform them. Not to scare them. But that was just terrible. Absolutely awful. Well, you're not aware yet. Again, Christians, prove to us that sin actually exists. And then you can have my attention. But until that day, again, one of his other ones is, you know, well, if your house is burning down, isn't it kind for me to tell you that your house is burning down? Well, I'm going to tell you what. There's football on in my t- in, on my TV. Neither Bubba or Papa are coughing here. Hold on. Big breath. Inhale, exhale. My lungs are currently not singeing. Hold on. Ah. Let's go take a look at what the uh, temperature is in this house. It is currently 75 degrees in this house. I just bought and installed one, two, three, four, four state-of-the-art fire alarms. These things are so state-of-the-art, state of, fuck me, state-of-the-art alarms. It doesn't buzz. It talks to you. It talks to you. It's in a very assertive but calm voice. It tells you exactly where the fire is in your home. Can you guys hear the alarm? Exactly. You're right, Ray. It would be kind for you to tell me that my house is on fire. 
but you're the idiot that continues to barge into other people's house, scream that there's no fire, scream there's a fire, but there isn't one. So we call you a lunatic and we tell you to get the fuck out. That's Ray Comfort. Again, prove to us without asserting our position for us, prove to us that your little storybook is not sitting on some bullshit. Then maybe you'd have a more captive audience. Until that day, I'm very well justified in saying Ray Comfort lies his monkey ass off. All right, gang, the big guy's held you long enough. He's signing the fuck off. Gin and truth, let's go. Gang, Ray Comfort's going to force me to drink more this afternoon.